Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is me, Mr. Jonathan Franz, and you have walked into episode seven of the Integratus podcast. We are slowly climbing. We are slowly climbing to the 21. If you have stuck through seven episodes, I just want to say a big, big thank you. Uh, I also want to do an extra shout out um, because I'm feeling a lot of love at the moment. And yeah, seven episodes down, but I generally put more of myself out there at the moment. And I'm getting a beautiful, very positive, very grateful response back. So I want to take this time, this opportunity, if you're here right now and you are one of these people, I want to say thank you to everyone that has liked, that has shared something, that has commented on something, that has sent me a private message, that has seen me in the 3D world and said that they like the podcast and generally bringing me up. I wanna say a big, big thank you. It doesn't go unnoticed. I have a lot of love for, for that act of kindness and it's making me smile. You know, it's really making me smile and it's helping this journey. It's it's helping this journey just become a little bit easier and every reflection that I get that I'm helping people or, or people are intrigued or getting something from something that I'm sharing, it's it makes a massive difference uh, to me. Uh, I'm going to double tap on this again because I I really feel that there's something special happening here. And I'm not necessarily, I'm not talking about like what I'm sharing and, and, the, and like the podcast and stuff. What I'm talking about is there's something really special when we bring people up rather than bring them down. I had a mate call me the other day, sent me a message, then sent me another message and then called me. And shout out Dan Waite, if you're listening, which he definitely is. I want to say a big thank you because what this man did was call me up and say, hey man, I'm really proud of you. I'm absolutely loving what you're doing. I'm getting a lot of value from it. Thank you. Well done for going for it. And that's special. That's really, really special because he's adding to this, not just adding to me, he's adding to the collective, this this collective of making a different choice to bring people up in this world rather than bring people down, rather than criticize or judge or or shame or manipulate, take advantage of. Like there's so much corruption going on 
and a lot of it's happening behind the scenes, but when we get closer to it, it's it's sad. It's really sad that this is happening in the world and it's been happening for eons and it will happen for eons again. Negativity breeds negativity and I get it. I get that the the negative thought, the negative comment, the situation about somebody else doing whatever they shouldn't have done or did do that was wrong or bad or whatever. Like I, I get that that thought process is way stronger than the positive. So if you have an opportunity to bring someone up in this world, go for it. Go for it. Call them up, send a message, give them a hug. Like, celebrate them. Celebrate them. And, you know, funny enough, <laughs> what's happening in turn, and, and I've, I've, I've always done this. I've always brought people up. I've always celebrated people. You know, two, part, two parts there. One, because I feel like I never really got that as, as, as a child. Um, I feel like that was something that I, I, it's not like that my parents didn't give it to me, but they didn't give it to me in the way that I wanted it, Right. Um, and it was a part of my role growing up being an adult was to, to spread that. And often we, we give what we never got. Right. And for me, it was like, it's not like I never got recognition. I did, but not even close to what I wanted or what I really needed as a child. I needed a lot of praise as a child. I needed a lot of celebration. I needed a lot of like, you're doing a good job. It's okay. Like, you know, I needed to know that it was okay to fail. That's why there's like such a strong perfectionist inside of me. Um, that's why for a big part of my life, I've put my worthiness inside of what I do or how I'm uh, being perceived in the world. And to an extent, that's still happening, but there's a, there's a, it's way lighter. And I'm conscious to when it's got a darker side to it or when it's got a lighter side to it. So it's twofold. It's like, one, I've always done this because this is actually how I want it to be treated. So I start treating other people with something that I never got. And then the second phase is because that's what authentically feels true. That's what my heart is saying to do, to celebrate people, to bring them up rather than tear them down. So not only am I getting this, but I'm spreading it too. And I noticed that I'm spreading it more than, more than I have ever spread it at the moment. And just as much as negativity breeds negativity, I can guarantee you that positivity breeds positivity. This is why community is so important. This is why your environment is so freaking important. If you are in a negative environment, if you have got people talking about other people behind their backs and that becomes the mainstay of a lot of conversation and you're also inside of that, right? 
Because when you're inside of that, you just do what everybody else is doing. That becomes the common ground of connection. If you're in that type of environment, oh, do what you can to get out and do what you can to make different decisions and do what you can to not take any of that on board and not contribute to that at all. And I'm no saint. <laughs> I'm definitely no saint. I've been caught up about I've been caught up in talking about other people behind their backs. For sure, I've been resentful, I've been angry. You know, I've found common ground with other people that feel the same. And I have talked about people behind their backs and I have spread negativity, right? But Every day, as I grow, as I open my heart more, I am committed and I, I am committed to not doing that. And sometimes that's really difficult. So there's, there's my little spiel <laughs> on bringing people up rather than bringing people down and changing your environment when it's toxic and negativity is being bred and making a different choice for yourself. Lastly, on this topic, where this starts is from within. And Buddha once said, everything that we are is a result of what we have thought. And to me, that's fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. I'm going to say that again. All that we are is everything that we have thought. So finding yourself in these environments, talking about other people in a negative way, I can guarantee yourself there's some part of your consciousness, there's some part of your psyche that is also treating yourself that way. Everything that we are is a result of what we have thought. So your world that you see is a direct mirror of how you treat yourself. If you treat yourself with love, and integrity and honesty and empathy and compassion and kindness and you're grateful and you bring other people up rather than bring them down, I can guarantee you that's what your world is going to look like. You're going to attract people that are doing the same. You're going to attract people to your world. Just like that. So that's a beautiful long-winded way to say that I am very thankful and grateful for everything that's coming my way. I aim to project it out tenfold. And I hope that you can too. First and foremost for yourself, celebrate yourself. Celebrate yourself. 
and then just celebrate others. Bring people up versus bringing people down. All right. It's been about almost two weeks now since I've come out of my water fast. And there is there are a few things that I want to talk about that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about that are doing fast. Everyone talks about the fast itself and you know what to experience on the fast like whether you're doing a watered fast or whether you're doing a supported fast with bone broth and some other minerals or vegetables or you know whether you're whatever basically doing any type of fast everyone talks about the fast themselves uh, itself but nobody talks about post fast and nobody ever talks i hear about people talking about pre fast now, the pre-fast is something that I felt that I, I had some good control over. Uh, I made some healthy decisions. I would have done a longer pre-fast, aka I would have stopped drinking coffee a lot sooner. And I would have lightened the, the consumptions of oils and meats, again, longer, three or four weeks out. So going into the fast, the pre, oh, I also would have... Uh, somewhat cut down my calories a little bit and I would have tapered back my training. I think I spoke about that actually in the six day in the six day audio blog from last week. What was a big, big shock to me was coming out of the fast, post fast. Holy dooly. I did not know what I was in for. I had zero idea what I was in for. I thought I... I had some feeling of like, oh, you know, I know that the first couple of days are going to going to need to be lighter meals, more soups, some juices, um, and don't eat too much, right? Like your stomach's going to be small. You're probably going to get full really quickly. This is kind of the stuff that I had heard, but that was not like it. That was not like that for me. I came home uh, from my six-day water fast. I was pretty depleted and I could not wait to eat. I I ate the house down. like, And I was really conscious about what I was eating. So I had my soup. I had a fried egg on top. I cut up some, um, some, some beautiful sprouted bread that I had as well. But then after that, it, it's like I, I could feel my stomach was expanding in a weird way that just felt obscure like hadn't had food in it for six days and it felt like my stomach was like it was small and then now it's like feels full but I'm not full and it wasn't enough food so then I started I'm like oh man I've got this craving for nuts so I started eating a bunch of peanut butter and I started eating a bunch of honey and then man my appetite has been like open 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 like a lot over the last two weeks. And it's only been in the last two days that I found some sort of stability (laughs) with my eating, some sort of like normalization with my eating. Over the last 14 days, I have 1000% overeaten. Um, and I've felt sick full many times, but my mind has said to like, keep eating. Like we're not done yet. 
And since this has stabilized, I begin I began to reflect on why. Like what's the case? Like what's going on here? And I I allowed it as much I just let it happen. I didn't try and restrict myself too much. Like I, I learned my lesson a few times where I was like, dude, you just like overate way too much and you didn't need to do that. And I, that was clearly my mind saying, you know, eat more, eat more, eat more. Like, but why is my mind saying eat more? And the reflection that I had was because my last fast, my last long fast was about four years ago and that was a three-day water fast but also with some coffee that didn't feel too bad so that was four years ago now going from a three-day water fast to a six-day water fast with no coffee with a with a gap of four years i underestimated like how difficult that was going to be not just from a mindset perspective but from a physical perspective i thought because i do some regular fast that hey you know i should be okay with this this will be okay and it was okay but it was it was difficult in it because of the weakness but there was an extra layer that i was unaware of it sits in this place where one end is ultimate restriction and the other end is detoxification. And because I hadn't done that length of fast before, I feel like my body actually clicked over into a state of mind and a physical state of being where my body felt like we were in a in a very restrictive and somewhat famine situation. And after the fast, I felt very dysregulated, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. It's like my body didn't, couldn't clearly regulate when I was full or not. And the reason I believe for that is because I put my body in such a restrictive state for six days without food. My first meal that I have allowed my body to consume, my body doesn't know when the next meal is coming. I've spent the last six days with no food. My body, I believe, my body and my mind from a psychological front is thinking, hold on a second, this guy didn't eat for six days. He's now eating, this might be his last meal. So we better make sure that he is so full that he never has to go through that mode of restriction or deprivation again. And that was happening for 10 days. I feel like that that struggle, that overeating cycle was happening for 10 days. And no one talks about this. Like no one talks about what it's like to come out of a fast. Everyone talks about what it's like going 
into the fast or, or like going into the fast or, um, you know, what's it like during the fast and the benefits and what you should do and, you know, what supplements you should take, blah, blah, blah. But no one talks about the psychological repercussions of a long-term water fast. Man, coming back to planet Earth is really difficult. It's not like you just spring, I'll just speak for myself. It's not like I just sprang back into like normal life and you know, that next day I could uh, I could just eat regularly and I was training again and you know, I wasn't irritable and I was talking to my friends and I wanted to do a bunch of stuff. That was not the case. Like at all. I I really struggled after this 6-day water fast. I struggled to come back to a place of homeostasis, a place of equilibrium, a place of balance again. So this is a a little warning, but also something just to be very aware of when entering any type of long fast. Coming out of fast is going to be really challenging, and there are some basic there are some basic uh, guidelines that you can follow. The first one is to understand that coming back from a fast is not going to look as straightforward as what other people might say it is. You're going to have some struggles for sure. And the first guide is to not beat yourself up through this process. Just to allow allow what the body and the mind want to do without beating yourself or judging yourself. That's the first thing. That's the first real guide there. The second is patience and having patience with the process after any type of fast. For me, it took a lot longer than I expected or than what I was told. My, You know, what I was told is that for one day that you fast, you're going to need one day to recover. It was double that for me. Uh, and I don't know how it will work for you, but have patience in the process to come out of it. And the third one was like just reminding myself why I did what I did, like why I actually fast. It, it can often just be like, and this is not just for fasting, by the way, this is for lots of things like when we do courses or um, when we decide to like book a holiday or... Um, when we want to go and have a particular experience and like to remind ourselves why we did it is, is also really important. And that's the third. The third is remind yourself why you did what you did. And for me, yes, it was this detoxification thing, but at a deeper level, I, I felt in my gut that I wanted to put my body and my mind to the test. And it wasn't coming from like, this push pain barrier of like it wasn't it wasn't coming from what can i conquer in my life it wasn't coming from a conquering energy it was coming from a curiosity fasting is something that i've done for a long time i feel like there are areas of this modality that i haven't accessed that i haven't fully participated in like going for longer fasts. Let's see what this is all about. And I I wanted to test. I wanted to actually be my own test dummy. And 
what often happens when we are curious and we go take these leaps in our life is that we start to have a deeper connection with ourselves. We start to understand what we liked, what we didn't like. People will often say that finding out what you don't like or finding out what you didn't do well is almost as important as finding out or knowing what you do well. Right? There's this beautiful balance between, ah, where's the improvement or what would I change? And it's this constant iteration of curiosity, growing, changing and pivoting, and then repeating that process again. Oh, curiosity, growing, changing and pivoting again, right? Like making something better. Like what a beautiful process that is. We can't make something better. We can't do something at a higher level if we don't begin that process to start with. We have to go and test. We have to be willing to get it wrong and mess up. I feel so much of society is is leaning on perfection and it really comes from our internal psyche of perfection and our fear of failing and our fear of embarrassment and our fear of not feeling good enough or wise enough or smart enough or capable enough. You are capable and you can test and play and mess up and learn and change and grow and do it all over again many, many, many times. You have full permission to do that. So that's my little wrap up on the fast. All in all, it's been a beautiful journey. I'm back into balance. If you haven't checked out those five lessons that I posted on Facebook and Instagram, um, just some beautiful perspectives around me and my time and what I learned and what was present after it. Lastly, I want to talk about investing in yourself. From the ages of like 22 to 28, I loved to invest in myself with things that I found interesting. So at that time, it was it was movement. It was, you know, doing my yoga teacher training. It was practicing and, and following all these different personal trainers and physiotherapists and chiropractors and, you know, massage. And it was like learning about all these different modalities. And as I grew, it was business, you know, and I started investing in myself in from a business point of view, how can I be a better personal trainer? How can I grow a better business? How can I change the current model that I've got to serve at a higher level, make more money, deliver more impact? And it was business coaching. And then, you know, scattered through all of it was personal development coaching. There was a lot of different courses that I invested in to I didn't know it at the time, but to develop a deeper connection with myself and to really figure out like who I was and what lit me up and what were some of the blocks and the struggles in my life and really leaning in on that. And after starting the men's mental health business that I uh, co-founded when I was 29, it was really from the age of 29 to 32 or 31. 
those two years, I, I stopped investing in myself. And that's purely because I was in the ring. I was in the ring of like live practice and working with men on a, on a daily basis and understanding their struggles and, you know, bringing them up and looking at their core wounds and helping them love themselves, helping them build a better relationship with themselves. That was my training, right? That, that was like, that was my, it was my time to step up and, and train others. It was my time to step up and be with others with all the modalities and all the tools that I had learned. And since then, coming out of that, I've taken a bit of a hiatus on investing in myself. But recently, I found a, a spark again that's coming up, that's coming alive inside of me. And it is to invest in myself. And there's two courses that have come up. One is in nutrition uh, and, and energy and really understanding these pillars that are a foundation for health and it's not just coming from you know your typical water and sleep and movement and it's like yes it is that um, but it's going deep inside with a spiritual context and also um, a very sort of medical and intellectual process as well it's with an incredible man named Zach Bush Uh, he's kind of on all the big podcasts and I feel like this man embodies the epitome of health, but he articulates himself in a way where there's a good balance between like the spiritual sides of things and then just the logical and the practical sides of things. And I'm really excited to do that course. And there's another one that I'm uh, doing at the moment, which is leaning up against a healing modality and, and learning from um, therapists and psychologists that have paved a path for their own business and paved the path for accessing healing in a really positive way. So I'm about to invest in myself and I haven't been doing that. I haven't done that for a good couple of years and I'm excited about it. And it just got me thinking about how important it is to invest in ourselves. I I remember it wasn't, it was like a, it was a lot easier for me to put $10,000 in the share market, right? When I was younger, than it was to invest $10,000 in my personal growth, right? To acquire a new skill or to learn how to open my heart more and soften. Like that's what these are all doing. At least that's that's what I have um, desired. How can I learn to heal myself? How can I, How can I just emanate more love and be comfortable and okay uh, with who I am and what I believe and then authentically share that and grow and live a life of my dreams right that those are those are the things that I've leaned into as a young adult as a young man why was it easier for me to invest ten thousand dollars in the share market than invest ten thousand dollars in my own personal growth you might be feeling the same. And ultimately that pattern was coming out of wounding and trauma for me because not believing in myself, right, was the bedrock of a lot of my decisions in my younger years. If I invest $10,000 here, then, you know, 
that stock will go up and go down. But over time, I'll generate that income and I'll get that money back and all this sorts of stuff. And yes, that that is true. And it's also radically not true because markets swing all the time and there's all this volatility that we can't control that happens in these environments. So for some reason, because I didn't believe in myself, it was like, oh, I'll like, I'll give this money to somebody else, right? I'll give this $10,000 to something or someone that I have no idea about who's controlling my money that I literally have probably zero interest of, but I'm still investing because of the thought of success or the thought of it doing well or the thought of passive income and not really putting in much effort. <laughs> this is... This is this was this is what was going on. So to invest ten thousand dollars into myself, that was scary. That was where all the fear was. That was like, oh my god, you know, I'm not worthy enough to like invest ten thousand dollars. That's a crazy amount of money. How am I supposed to get that money back? You know, where's the direct relationship with return on investment? <laughs> it's harder to see the return on the investment in yourself because that often takes a long long, long time, invest in your own journey with what you're interested in. If it's movement, invest in movement. If it's health, invest in health. If it's healing and relationships, invest in healing and relationships. Go get a coach. Go speak to someone that feels like they're on this path that maybe it's a couple steps in front of you or you're inspired by or whatever it is. Go and ask for help. Go and invest in yourself in that way, not with some quick fix thing that can potentially get you out of jail or, you know, have a return on investment by you not doing anything, just laying some money down. It's it's never like that. It never actually works like that. That's my message for investing in yourself. And I'm here to say, go for it. That's it, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And to wrap up, one, go and spread positivity in the world rather than negativity. Go and lift someone up rather than tear someone down. Two, be curious, grow fail, learn to pivot without judgment and go again and go again and go again and go again. And three, invest in yourself. Don't invest in some pipe dream where you feel like passive income is just going to miraculously appear. Invest in what actually interests you and then use that newfound sense of self right? Use those skills to grow and serve in the world. Peace out. That's it. Jay Franz, episode seven. We still going, y'all. We still going, y'all. Catch you on the flip. Bye. Ooh, ooh, ooh. All right.